What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. I got such a great response from the podcast a couple days ago about our first day of our annual planning session for the company, our Seven Figure Flipping Operating System, and our planning session with our uh, implementer and coach. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull out some of the breakthroughs from day two and just overall from the meeting today, because I think there's a couple more things that might be able to, be able to help you in your business. My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity. And that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. All right. What's up, everybody? I am sitting down here in an Airbnb this morning in West Palm Beach. So Monday and Tuesday, we did our annual planning sessions for seven-figure flipping. We got the entire leadership team in the office in Spring Hill, Tennessee, just outside of Nashville, sat down with our implementer and went through our goals, plans, all the things that we want to do in 2022. And I realize it's only the beginning of November, but I really enjoyed, usually we do this in like December, even sometimes in the beginning of January in the past few years. And I really love doing this session in November. So one of my takeaways was uh, we can now see the future, like our one-year goals and plans right now in November. And we still have two months to kind of prepare for that. So we can still keep planting seeds and, and starting to get the wheels in motion to kick off the year on January 1st with a bang instead of in the past, we've met like January 4th and 5th or January 7th and 8th, and we've kind of already kicked off the year, and it feels like we're behind before we even start. So that was one of my takeaways from, from doing this in November. So if you, can, if you can do this kind of annual planning session in your company, maybe a month or two months before the end of the year, you're going to have the opportunity to really kind of uh, grow and build off of that momentum in that plan and kick off the year really, really well in January. So um, maybe a piece of advice for you, depending on what you guys do, even if you're just a team of two or three or 20 like us, then I, I think it's important to get those plans done early. So that was one of my big takeaways from the two days. And um, I wrote down some breakthroughs again from day two, some things that people brought up, some things we were discussing, some things that made me really like um, scratch my head. So and to give you a foundation of this, we really worked on day one through team health stuff. So a lot of the stuff that I talked about on the last podcast was really like building trust, understanding who the other team members are, um, breaking through the ceilings that we're hitting individually and as a company, things like that. So we did a lot of um, trust building exercises. We worked through uh, the five dysfunctions of a team. Um, that was an exercise that was really great. It's a Patrick Lencioni book. If you haven't read it, it's a really good one. And then we, we worked through a couple other kind of trust building things and, and items. So um, the one thing on day two that I got was uh, Dave Morris again. I'm going to give him another shout out. He, we, we, when we checked in in the morning of day two, we were tasked to give a coaching tip for the day uh, to make things go really, really well. And one thing that you could tell the other leadership team members that might be a good coaching tip. And Dave said, um, separate the problems from the people. So if you can separate the problems from the people, then you can make different and better decisions based on that. So um, we, we worked through um, 
Radical Candor is another book that is really, really good. We did one of those exercises the day before and it was, you know, um, challenged directly, but cared deeply for the person, right? And so a lot of times what we do is we make our decisions based on the people, the person. We know that person. We care about that person. We're interested in how that person's doing. We want them to succeed. We want them to be happy. We don't want to let them down. We don't want to disappoint them. So if we can separate the problem from the person, then we can really work on the deep-rooted issues of that problem. And I thought that was really profound. I loved it. I wrote it down, highlighted it like crazy, and I wanted to share it with you guys. So Dave, I hope it's okay that I shared that one. Um, obviously, a couple of days ago, I shared another one. He was just dropping uh, uh, gold throughout the uh, two days, and it was really amazing to kind of sit back and watch him and the other leaders uh, talk and, and challenge each other and discuss and challenge directly and care deeply, especially on day two. Um, so that was one. The, the next one that I wrote down is we talked about these um, like different business tools that we have at our disposal. So it, a lot of you guys might operate off of EOS. We've talked about EOS a lot, and we are making a transition right now in our company from um, EOS to going to like build out our own operating system like I talked about a couple days ago, like the build the foundation around us. Like how do we operate a seven-figure flipping so we have some uh, intellectual property? We actually own that and um, make our company potentially more valuable. And, uh, and, and anybody that comes in, we can train them on our operating system, what we do. So um, a little bit more financial stuff, a little bit... Uh, uh, larger, like the VTO is, you know, becoming um, a lot bigger, adding a few things to it. And it's all uh, due to our coach and the direction that, that we want to go as a company. So he said that, you know, in, in EOS, so a lot of you guys use that, there's five like most important business tools. So the VTO, um, and that's just your, that's your vision traction organizer in, in EOS. That's the big plan. That's everything that everybody operates off the company. So you have vision and, and the implementation side of that, like the things that we're doing. So there might be some marketing messages on there for us. It's our one-year plan. It's our three-year picture. And then it's our seven or 10-year kind of like big, hairy, audacious goal, like right? The BHAG of where you're going and cast the vision. And we have to tell that over and over and over to our team. So that VTO is one of the most important. Our rocks. So the rocks are the things that you do every 90 days. They're going to move the needle for the company. So the biggest needle moving things that is working basically on tomorrow's business, not in the business, but on the business. What are the things that we're doing to move those rocks? So we build out those rocks and each department has a few. I actually took three this quarter, so I got my hands full. Um, but we have a integrator and we have a, a COO that's come on to take a lot of the load off of me. So I'm excited to go out and, and execute on these three rocks. And then the scorecard is another thing. So that's the weekly scorecard. And the way they talk about it is if I'm sitting on a deserted island somewhere as the, the owner of the company and somebody brings me these numbers, these things on paper of how we're doing, it's numbers, uh, data, things like that, that I can look at them and see, is the company doing well or is the company not doing well? So I should be able to tell the story about the company on a weekly basis based on the numbers on our scorecard. Uh, the meeting pulse. So how often we meet and what kind of meetings we're doing. So it could be one-on-one -on -one meetings. It could be a daily stand-up that you do as a company, um, your weekly leadership team member meetings, um, uh, uh, same page meeting between you and maybe your visionary and integrator, things like that. What does that meeting pulse look like? And then the fifth one. So we have VTO, number one, rocks, number two, scorecard, number three, meeting pulse, number four, and then the accountability chart, number five. So what does the company look like? Where does everybody sit? What's their job roles? Um, what are the expectations? Those kind of things. So how does the company, how is it designed? And, and how does the uh, communication flow and decision-making flow? See, the accountability chart is really, really important for us. 
So those are five. In no particular order, the five that he talked about. And then as we dove deeper, what we talked about was the most important of these five that most of the problems can be found in is the accountability chart. So the accountability chart is a thing that should be looked at on a regular basis, even more often than some of these other items, to see what's going on. So pretty much everything can come down to people and process issues, right? So people and process. And really, both of those, you can see them on the accountability chart. How does the process flow? And who are the people? Do we have right people, right seats? Do we have the right design for the company of the accountability chart? And is the, is the communication and decision-making flowing properly via those channels? So that was a kind of an eye-opening thing. I think I, I've known that in the past, but I needed some redirection to come back to that to say, wow, the accountability chart is really important. Like it is the most important and most of our issues, problems, things like that could stem from that accountability chart, whether it's people or process. So that was big for me. So that's the second kind of breakthrough that I had and wrote down and highlighted like crazy. And, uh, this next one is, um, uh, is, is tough for me to even like share, talk about kind of things like that. So, um, there was a time in this second day of the meeting where there was some, there was some friction, right? Or there was some uh, kind of like held punches or, or, or something like that. Like you could tell there was something going on. And we got to a point where um, there was a, a challenge directly but cared deeply moment where somebody challenged somebody else and somebody else. And so there's three people involved in this conversation. And everybody was defending their position. So they were just talking about this is why I did that. And so they got challenged directly, went into the defensive, basically, all three people kind of one, one on offense, two on defense, and then vice versa. And the conversation was going back and forth and back and forth. And our implementer stopped us after we were having those discussions. And he said, all right, look, I just started my watch. And after six minutes, I timed it for six minutes. So for six minutes, you guys have just been talking and you're basically talking at each other. At no time did anybody actually ask a question or try to hear how the other person felt in this situation. And it was very eye-opening for me because, to be perfectly honest, I was involved. I was one of the people that was just defending my position and talking and saying why I was doing these things and, and why I did it and, and what I thought and all that stuff. But not actually asking the other person how they felt and why did that upset you? Why does that make you feel that way? to really understand their position. And so he said, we need to ask questions and get curious about other people's reality. So we need to ask questions and get curious about other people's reality. And for me, it was, a, it was kind of like a punch in the gut for me because I think that I'm a pretty good leader. I'm, I can handle these situations. And what I found is probably for the past, I don't know, three years, five years, uh, 20 years, of what I've been doing, I do a lot of defending of my position. I do a lot of um, uh, kind of positioning for us to go with my idea, the direction that we want to, that I want to go, and things like that. And so, I, I don't really sit back and ask questions and get curious and listen. And so, I know this has always been a challenge for me, but this was really like it hit home for me. And so he said, like basically, what I wrote down is. In, co in conflict, in any of this conflict, ask questions, apologize, and listen. Listen before we state our position and why and understand why that person feels that way. Then apologize or say, I can see how you would feel that way. And then listen to what they have to say and then figure out what the course of direction is from there. So 
that was really big for me. Um, obviously, I was involved in that conversation. Uh, I don't feel great about how I handled myself. And to get called out like that was, um, was big for me. And it was very eye-opening for the way that I do a lot of the things that I do. And um, so hopefully that helps you um, ask questions, get curious, other people's reality. Just remember, we see the world, we see business, we see problems, we see uh, the decisions that we make, we see how we are perceived through our own lens, right? And everybody walking around on this planet has a little bit different lens. Like if you think about it, like, uh, like glasses that people wear, like everybody's got a different prescription, right? So we all look at the world through a different lens. And that lens um, that we see the world through, we really can't understand why other people don't see what we see. So we have to figure out how to take a step back, um, understand how other people see the world, see that issue, see, um, see a decision, see a direction that they want to go, things like that, how, how it makes them feel. And if we can understand that and, and even just have a, like a small peek through their lens for a second, um, we have to understand how they see it before we can try to help uh, solve the problem and the issue. So uh, that was a big one for me. So that was the third kind of breakthrough that I had. And then the fourth one is the fact that a lot of times in a, in a company as it evolves and changes and, and morphs and uh, you don't really think like the same people are there, right? But the roles start to kind of adjust and, and change and uncertainty creeps in about who's responsible for what. Maybe somebody's added to the team, added to the accountability chart and you're not updating roles and responsibilities and things. So um, what I wrote down here is clear roles must be defined. So clear roles must be defined. And I think a lot of the problems that, that we have and you might have in your company are that, that you're not defining clear roles for each seat in each position, especially as the company changes. Even three, six months, what you have is you have to, you have this company changes and morphs and, and adjusts and you have to redefine those roles on a regular basis and communicate that to the person who's sitting in that seat. And it might be the fact that your role is changing and you've got to understand that and accept that and, um, and not do some of the things that you've always done. And that's hard for us as owners and visionaries and, and the people like entrepreneurs, right? We, we like doing some of the things that we're doing. And when, when we, we say we want somebody to take over, but we really don't want to give those things up, you got to really define the roles. So clear roles must be defined. And I think a lot of our problems for, that I saw stemmed from uncertainty from the staff and the leadership team into what their role is now not what it's been, but what is it now, getting their sign-off, getting our sign-off so everybody understands what that is. So coming back to the accountability chart, regularly updating that and making sure that everybody knows what the roles are. So those are my four big kind of breakthroughs and takeaways from day two. Um, I, I'll st- I'm, my plan to do my uh, 2021 year in review um, uh, towards the end of December, uh, beginning of January, like I do every year in my business, my life, all that stuff. Let's kind of talk about that. I'll talk about some of the goal setting that we've done, some of the plans that came out of this, where we are and what we want to do this year. And I'll share that with you guys so you can follow along with what we're doing at Seven Figure Flipping. And hopefully this lets you in kind of like behind the scenes, behind the curtain of what we're doing in some of these annual planning sessions, some of the the value, like the big gold nuggets that came out of there that, that I'm taking away that I hope can help you in your business. And um, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of hard work. I was really tired. I still kind of am. Um, but I'm, uh, I had fun and we made a lot of progress. And now 
it's not about leaving there and everything's fixed. Now we have to go put in the work to uh, correct some of these things, to continue to move forward, to not forget about these breakthroughs. And that's what I love about this podcast. I can record this and then I can go back and listen to this just like you can. And I'll go back and listen and say, what did I learn? What do I need to work on? What needs to change? And these are the, kind of the big things that I, I want to focus on on a regular basis. So I'm basically like recording what I need and then hopefully you guys can um, to listen in, be a part of it, and I hope it helps you in your business. So like I said, I'm down here in West Palm Beach. Um, I'm in an Airbnb right now. Me and Mike Simmons are getting ready to walk over to the convention center at West Palm to uh, start day one with Tony Robbins. We're at Tony Robbins uh, Unleash the Power Within, UPW. Uh, he hasn't been live in two years, so I think it's going to be pretty crazy. There's thousands and thousands of people here. It was wild checking in. It was cool to see the process, what they do, how they do it, um, to hopefully make our, some of our events better, some takeaways that I can share with Vanessa and our events team of how we can get better. And uh, over the next four days, we're going to be just immersed with uh, an amazing event. So I'm really excited about it. I'm a little bit nervous. There's a lot of uncertainty in this that I'm uh, I'm not used to like the unknown, like we're walking into the unknown for the next four days because we haven't been here. So, um, but I'm excited and I, uh, I'm going to share some of the takeaways that I have from that event on the next podcast. So a lot, I made a post on my Facebook page. If you guys aren't, uh, following me or, or friends, uh, you can go to at Bill Allen REI on Facebook or Inst- Facebook or Instagram. I would love to, um, to share with you, to connect with you guys. Um, and, I asked if anybody would be interested in a podcast about this, and they said uh, everybody said yes. So I'm going to share a podcast. Uh, the next podcast will be uh, our takeaways from uh, at least my takeaways and pages and pages and notes broke down into a shorter uh, podcast for you guys so you can grab some of the gold nuggets from an event like this and not have to pay thousands and thousands of dollars to go. So um, I'm looking forward to the next one. Have a great day, and I will see you on the next podcast.